All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for yet another podcast, Boca Podcast episode today, the second one of the day, actually. And, and of course, we're live streaming. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, we live stream every single one of our Boca Podcast episodes at this point, uh, which is actually a lot of fun. It's been an interesting learning curve for me, a bit of a challenge, too. A lot of technical things going on behind the scenes that you all don't see or hear, but fun nonetheless. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of this, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Boca Podcast, and we can keep you posted on when the next live stream will be. We're going to be doing two, on average, about two live streams a week. And then, of course, we'll be pushing that, those episodes out to audio about a week after the fact. And um, But, of course, the one of the advantages of the live stream is that you get to come be involved, ask questions, make comments, send us funny emojis if you want to. We'd love for you all to be involved. So come be a part of the live stream sometimes and um, hang out for a little bit, have some conversation, ask the guest questions, that type of thing. Uh, I hope that you'll come get involved. One other quick note before I introduce our guest and the show today, um, I have been mentioning charitywater.org. And uh, this is an organization that I'm personally donating to that Photographer Zeta has been involved with for some time now. I'm popping up a little receipt, as I promised that I would do before every single Boca podcast episode. Quick donation receipt from today. It's only $40, but here's the cool thing. $40 means clean drinking water for somebody that doesn't have easy access to clean drinking water. It's surprising, actually, the number of people in the world that don't. And so this is an organization I've chosen to get involved with, and you can see that on the screen if you're live streaming right now at charitywater.org. But whether it's Charity Water or it's another organization local or otherwise, I just want to encourage everybody listening or watching to find ways to give back. Uh, I've been inspired by my friend, Sean Lee. I'll post his picture up here on the screen from an episode we did, episode 464, Developing a Brand That Makes a Difference. And uh, I want to encourage you all to do the same thing. Sean has certainly pushed me in that regard. All right. Before I introduce my guest, just very briefly, this is a special edition of the Boca Podcast episode. You all, if you listen to the show or watch the show, know that we talk quite a bit about brand position and the significance of a brand position for the sake of differentiating your business in a very busy marketplace. There are a lot of photographers out there. And one of the ways that you can set yourself apart is by having a clear and distinct brand position. Now, occasionally we do brand position consultations where I have a guest on and I work with them on either creating or refining their brand position statement and talking about how to ultimately take that into the market for the sake of their business. And so today we have one of those special edition episodes, a brand position consultation. And I want to bring my guest on now, Nadine Nasby. And Nadine, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? It is Nasby. Is that right? Yeah, you got it. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to make sure. And uh, we are going to dig into your photography business today. Um, and more specifically, the brand position that you have established, which by the way, I have to give you, and I'm, I'm going to explain myself in a little bit, but I have to give you a lot of credit actually for the position statement that you've created. I think you're very much on track, um, but we're going to talk about how to potentially refine that and not just refine the position statement, but, but how to ultimately communicate that more clearly and present your brand in such a way that reflects that brand position statement uh, a little bit later in the conversation. So before we do that, though, Nadine, um, one of the things that I like to try to do is give our listeners and viewers context to what brand position is, the significance of brand position. And I already alluded to this, but brand position, Nadine, as you may know, maybe from listening to the podcast as well, is just simply a value proposition 
that our business represents in the marketplace. And of course, in an ideal world, it's actually a unique value proposition. So it sets us apart. And that's super important. But then the benefits, um, not only for you, but for our listeners as well, the benefits of a brand position are are fourfold. So if those of you listening in, if you're taking notes or want to take notes, write, jot this down. This is super helpful. But yep. first of all, it enables potential clients to immediately know our unique value proposition. And we're going to talk about the placement of the brand position on your website a little bit later on. But having that brand position statement at the top of your website above the fold where immediately when somebody lands in your website, they're able to see that brand position statement, super important because it immediately helps them know, is this photographer that I'm engaging with a good fit for me? Do they represent what it is that I'm looking for in a wedding photographer or portrait photographer or otherwise? So that's the number one benefit. The second benefit is that it filters naturally. Um, it filters irrelevant clients. So they see that position statement. If it's not a good fit, then they can move on. And you don't have to waste your valuable time, nor do they, having conversations that are irrelevant because it's really not a good fit. It does simplify. Number three, the, the third benefit is that it simplifies the focus or it simplifies and focuses rather the marketing efforts. So if we're juggling, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of you, the competition that you have in the Orlando area, the photographers around you in a little bit. But one of the things that I noticed as I was browsing your competition is that their messaging gets a little bit convoluted. Sometimes you'll have a photographer, and I've seen this in my marketplace as well, say that they, you know, quote, specialize in like two, three, four, five different types of photography. And that can be potentially confusing for the client who just needs to narrow down and make a choice. But the marketing efforts of that photographer, now they've got two, three, four, five different specialties to try to market to a potential client. And those are efforts in and of themselves, each one of those, right? So if we, if we narrow down to one primary focus, it makes it a lot easier for us as photographers to market our business to a potential client. So the third benefit of a, of a good brand position statement or, and message is that it simplifies and focuses marketing efforts. And then fourth, it encourages better time management because at the end of the day, if we're not juggling four or five different messages, then of course that makes it a lot easier for us to manage our time. We can focus our time, our effort and our energy on the things that will actually translate to booking more clients as it relates to that very specific brand position statement. Does that, does that make sense? Does that, can you, okay. Yeah. Any, any questions about those concepts or those ideas? No, I'm, I'm just so excited to, have you help? <laughs> oh, well, and I'm absolutely glad to do it. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate too, by the way, I have to say this, I appreciate you being willing to let us kind of share this conversation with our listeners as well, because there's a, a significant kind of speaking of value proposition. There's a significant value proposition here in this conversation that it gives our listeners context to something that normally I'd spend, you know, maybe five minutes talking about, or even less on our normal episodes, really being able to dig into this deep is helpful to our listeners. So I appreciate you being willing to to do this live and on the air today too. No pressure though, promise. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous, but you know, we had technical problems, but we're we're good now. Hey, we we worked through them. No 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 worries yeah. at all. So, first of all, to give myself and our con our listeners context, what market are you based in? Orlando. Okay. Florida. Really, is, actually it's it's all central Florida. Which is Okay. And 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 I did have that idea about that um, prior to our conversation. So when I did a search, and we're going to talk about this more in detail in just a little bit. When I when I was searching your local competition, I was looking specifically in the Orlando market. One of the interesting things to note about all of our conversation today is that you may be able to simplify not only the positioning of your business, but 
potentially also the marketing efforts if you do decide to narrow down the market to which you're marketing. Orlando is a big marketplace, right? Lots of photographers. And I will say, and again, we'll get into this in more detail, but I will say that you, fortunately, you don't have a lot of competition when it comes to strong messaging. Most of the photographers in your marketplace that are showing up in the first three pages of a search don't have great messaging, but you do have a lot of photographers you're competing with. And of course, potential clients are, they have to kind of wade through that. So if, and again, just consider this in the back of your mind in context of, of all of our conversation today. If you want to simplify your marketing efforts, and there might be opportunity, and you're going to know what towns, local towns around the Orlando area, uh, this would be relevant to, but you might even consider targeting some of the smaller towns in that area and really niching down. That might simplify your marketing efforts. It may give you more access to potential clients rather than being involved in this massive, massive pool of Orlando photographers, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because I actually live in a small, well, not really a small town, it's growing, but it's actually Oviedo, Florida, which is in Seminole County. Okay. Um, you know, you have like Orange County would be the greater Orlando area. It's really one big, becoming one big metro area. But I kind of like that because I, um, I mean, we can talk about it later, but um, a lot of my high school senior sessions mm. that I do are in Oviedo. Okay. That's interesting to note. So, and that's definitely something to consider. By the way, occasionally you may see me look down. I've got a pen right here, a little notebook right next to me. So I may be taking a few notes as we go along because that'll help me. Oh, I am too. <laughs> Perfect. Well, and, and I, I didn't say this at the outset. I normally do, but you know, the, the number one goal here today, at least for me anyway, aside from obviously letting our listeners in on this conversation, hopefully adding value to their business and lives in some way, um, is ultimately to help you establish some some direction. Now, as I alluded to earlier, I think you actually have more direction than you realize. We're going to talk about that. But is to help you establish some clarity and direction, number one. And then number two, if we get to a place where we can even further refine the actual verbiage, the words that you're using in your, your brand position message, um, even better. That'll be a bonus. Uh, but that is, that's kind of the twofold goal today. Number one, direction. Number two, May potentially refining uh, the actual words being used in, in the message, or at least getting it getting us going in the right direction as far as that's concerned. We'll come up with some ideas and whether you land on that position statement today or you come up with it after the fact, I think we're going to, we're going to establish some real clarity. I honestly, I'm kind of excited about this conversation. I was even, I have two kids myself and I was, I was letting them in on the conversation a little bit today and, and what we we're going to be talking about. And I was telling them about how excited I was regarding your background in photography. Maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of context to that as well. What is, you haven't always just done wedding photography or senior photography. What's your background? Well, I uh, started out as a newspaper photojournalist. Um, like I have over 30 years experience. I um, went to college and I feel like photojournalists are um, not that that career is not what it used to be, but um, sure, sure. so yeah, I I started out as a small newspaper in Valdosta, Georgia. Did like everything, like shoe ads, gripping grins with the mayor, like <laughs> cook of the week, you know, and okay. all that stuff. And okay. but I really like like being immersed in the community mm. and just because what you know. And then I um, moved on to uh, the Miami Herald because I'm actually from South Florida. So okay. And uh, then ultimately was working for the um, Fort Lauderdale 
News and Sun. I'm sorry, I skipped a paper. Um, Sarasota Herald Tribune okay. and um, New York Times paper. And so, yeah, I just have a vast, I photograph so many different things. And, you know, it was before it, everything went digital. So sure. it was all film in the dark room on tight deadlines every day. Yeah. And, and you, I, I really had to know. Um, I remember being like having to photograph in so many different lighting situations and uh, like in an office building. And I didn't like getting too hung up on the technical stuff. There was like some other, my colleagues um, were, you know, we had to use like filters to, cause if it was fluorescent lighting and they used to just get me cause it involved math. I'm like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I know but, it, it, um, the world has become a lot easier when it comes to photography with, you know, the cameras are doing all of those calculations for us. I mean, for that matter, yeah. I've, you know, I've got this this iPhone 12 Pro Max here and the the photos that my phone can take now. And of course, without me really having to do any kind of calculation is pretty incredible. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, and a lot of times I had to shoot um, transparencies. Yeah. So because mm-hmm. there was some you could do some manipulation of was color negative um, film, but transparencies whole different story like yeah. you had to get your exposure absolutely you know absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah my yeah. my dad used to shoot quite a bit of slide film as well and, and actually when i started in my career as a wedding photographer i shot film for a number of years as well so i, I certainly have a bit of context to to what you're talking about but just very briefly so for those of you that are listening in or watching for that matter um, NadineNasby.com is the website, but Nadine, I have to bring this up because this is, this is, again, I, I get really excited looking at this, the homepage of your website. And I'm, I'm sharing this on the screen for those of you who are just listening to the audio, make sure you go to Nadine Nasby, N-A-D-I-N-E-N-A-S-B-Y. I think I got that right.com. And of course we'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com, but I'm scrolling down here and and by the way, Nadine, we're going to come back to this. This is a very layered conversation, we're kind of building all of this up to to a um, hopefully a really great climax at the end, where we're we're trying to figure out what it is that not only the message is you're going to present to potential clients, but then how to effectively do that. But here on the homepage, I scroll down just a little bit, and it says, "From photographing the Pope and President Reagan to Jamie Lee Curtis on a movie set." This is the thing that I got fixated on. And I was, I was telling my daughter about this earlier. I'm like, oh, my word, look at this. How, what an exciting experience you've had. Yeah, and my daughter, actually, who's um, a freshman, just finished freshman year of college, um, she helped me come up with that. Because okay. we, yeah, we kind of brainstormed it. Because I've photographed so many different things. Um, but that was kind of like, I, the reason I mentioned... Um, so it was actually the Pope, um, John Paul. Anyway, um, yeah. and that, um, that, the reason I mentioned that, cause that was actually like a highlight of my career. Like when I was younger, I really wanted to, I thought I may, I will have made it if I'm photographing an event and then, um, processing film in a hotel bathroom and, and transmitting and like, you know, like I'm a real, <laughs> like, you know, um, you know, National Enquirer, I mean, not Enquirer, Geographic. Uh, <laughs> a little different. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, the, the reason that I highlight exciting. this, and again, we're going to come back to this. Your experience is fascinating to me. But what I what I feel like you're not doing is leveraging not only the experience, but also 
the the style that comes from that world. I think that's where the opportunity lies here. And again, this is a very layered conversation. So we're going to come back to this because I have some other questions to ask. And just to kind of break the fourth wall for everybody who's listening in or watching, I send an outline of questions to my brand position consultation guests ahead of time. So they've answered these questions for me. I have some context leading up to this that helps me in preparation for the conversation. But Nadine, if it's okay, I just want to kind of briefly go through those questions, give context to our listeners, and then we'll kind of dig into potential solutions here. So just for clarification's sake, what type of photography do you currently tell potential clients that you specialize in, if any at all? Um, so uh, Orlando, uh, well, documentary wedding photography um, in the Orlando area and high school senior photography. Those are the two. Okay. And then of those two, because that's, I mean, again, they're, they're two very separate genres that could be businesses in and of themselves. What do you photograph the most of out of those two? Um, just because I've been struggling with um, my, you know, kind of um, positioning and, and the success of my brand in the saturated market, it lately has been a lot of high school um, senior portraits. But, um, but I'm really looking to... to um, do more weddings to do more weddings. Okay. And do you like what, what's the percentage split if you were to, to guess, is it like 60, 40, 70, 30 seniors versus wedding? Yeah. I kind of thought about that. Cause you know, 2020 kind of, um, it was like hard and I yes. had, yeah. So, um, I would say like right now it's, it's almost 90% high school. Seniors. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now, is that just to give a little bit more context um, for me anyway, and some of the recommendations that I make to you, are are you, does the photo- your photography business play a significant role in household income? Are you reliant on it for household income or do you have some flexibility there? Um, yeah, there's flexibility. My husband has, um, you know, his, his work. Um, and, and by I, the way, I, I, do I, I I'm yeah. not trying to pry too too personal too much personal yeah. information here. The reason I ask is because, and again, this will this is very layered conversations. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit, but the recommendations that I make will be partially based on that flexibility that that you're alluding to. Because if you were right now saying, you know, I have to make a living with my photography business, and I have to book X amount, you know, each month in order to pay my bills and to reach my financial goals, et cetera that's a different situation than I've got some room, some flexibility and I can maybe experiment with this thing or experiment with that idea. That's a, that's a also a drastically different conversation and will shift the direction that we go in the conversation today. So that, that context is super helpful. Again, we're going to come back to this because there's so many different interesting things here, but go ahead. Well, I, if I, so yeah, it is kind of complex um, because yes, I, I mean, like or no, I, I I'm we don't rely on on my business for the sole income, but we want to. <laughs> my okay. husband and my like our kids are are leaving the nest, and and um we really want to grow it, and um so so yeah, that's so, and and I feel like too, um I've invested a lot in my photography business in terms of like doing bridal shows and just so much, there's a lot out there. And then you think, Oh, maybe this, and maybe the all different. And it's, so now I'm being like more picky about what I'm investing in. If yeah. that makes sense. 
No, absolutely. There are so many options out there. I mean, there, there are, first of all, there are a lot of options for potential clients. So we have to consider that. Again, that very busy, noisy market, we have to figure out ways to stand out. And I want to be very clear for anybody listening in, that a position statement isn't the end-all be-all, but it's certainly an important piece of the puzzle. And it's not just an important piece of the puzzle for the sake of the actual marketing message, but also for our personal clarity. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you're looking for, Nadine, is what is it that I'm trying to communicate? Because that will literally drive everything that we do. It drives the marketing message. It drives the way that we spend our time. Having that clarity is super, super important. It, it does that for us, for example, at Photographer's Edit. Everything is about customization. And of course, there's a, an additional benefit of time that we give back to photographers because we're handling their editing. But it, everything centers around the notion of custom. And so when we consider the services that we're offering, the messaging that we use, it centers around that one key idea, which is custom. And we are different from the rest of the market because our messaging and ultimately the service that we offer, it centers around that very thing. So it gives us clarity in the way that we spend our time and the way that we market. And that's part of the benefit of that brand position statement is, is that clarity. What would you say right now, though, in your marketplace as a photographer makes your photography brand unique? If there's anything that would stand that stands out to you in your mind? I, that's also hard, um, and I and I've caught myself trying to to uh, I don't use the word copy, but you know it's kind of been hard to just figure out uh, where how to fit in. Sure. You know, there there's a lot of trends, editing trends, like you just you know alluded to, um, where I feel like a lot of photographers kind of all look the same. They don't have their own editing style, and and I I love I still love black and white documentary um, type of wedding photography. And so when I kind of, for instance, try to post a lot on Instagram, a lot of black and whites, then I did get some feedback from others in the industry that oh, you know, brides aren't really into black and white, and so so then I put put you know pulled back on that and. It's just been, it's really been hard to try to, to figure that out. You know? hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I know in, like ahead of time, the, the way that you answered that question to me was the black and white, you, like you were just talking about kind of the, the photojournalistic approach. And, um, if, if, and here's the key word, if you were doing that consistently, if that was the brand that you were presenting again, I think there's a massive opportunity there. And, uh, I want to come back to that because I think you you have, first of all, fascinating background and an incredible amount of experience as it relates to this journalistic style. You're right in that um, the kind of the, the obsession with black and white photography that used to exist maybe 15 years ago when I was even still shooting. And at the time was, it almost felt unique. Like the, the idea that you would put black and white images out there was like a really cool thing and people got excited about it. That, that excitement may not be there anymore, at least to the extent that it was. But what's also interesting is that, and it's interesting that photographers were giving you feedback and saying color imagery is where it's at. And if you look through the industry, you can see that's what tends to be the case. But when you, when you see a trend in a particular direction and 90, 95% of the market going and doing that thing, that's a brilliant opportunity to then position yourself against what everybody else is doing and actually offer something unique. And as long as there is enough demand in the market for it, 
now you've got a fascinating business model, which is actually doing something different rather than just simply, and you, 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 I know you hesitated to use the word copy earlier, but the reality is photographers are copying each other. That's, that's just the plain and simple of it. Um, and I don't think we need to overanalyze that at all or even feel bad for it. The reality is we're looking at everybody's Instagram feeds and websites and so forth. We're getting ideas from that. So that's just, it's just what happens. But that's also why a position, a clear position statement is important is because most photographers are doing the same thing that other photographers are doing. They see what works for somebody who's really popular and they're like, oh, I should do that thing. And they just go copy it. Meanwhile, yeah. what really should happen for us to be able to, to establish a strong brand is to see what most people are doing and look for something they're not. Go the opposite direction. Look for a hole in the market that hasn't been filled yet. That's super, super important. And so we'll come back to this again. The, you know, as I mentioned, the demand for whatever service you land on has to be great enough that it supports your financial goals, whatever they may be, whether it's a, you know, a complete household income or partial, or you just want vacation money, whatever the goals are, it has to support that. And, and that's a big question mark. Again, we'll come back to that here in just a little bit. Um, when we're thinking about a position statement, one of the ways that we can land on a strong position statement is if we speak to potential pain points in the marketplace. So right now we're talking pretty broadly because we're talking about wedding photography and senior photography. As you look at each of those genres in the Orlando market and, and surrounding areas, what would you say are some of your customers' so-called pain points, the things that they might want more of or less of as it relates to wedding photography or senior photography? Um, well, that's a good question. I think um, it's hard for me to tell about uh, what brides or couples' pain points are. Mm. Um, well, like I just did a bridal show recently and I booked all these consultations um, through Zoom, you know, uh, that's because of the situation and I was real excited and then it just seemed like they were price shopping like like I was in front of the wrong people you mm. know like so they were they didn't um it didn't resonate there um but as far as my um like high school I, I think they want and, I, and it's interesting I've been doing a lot of uh guy senior portraits and I don't know and I think the more I do because and they all say, oh, you know, my my son was nervous about doing this, but you just made him feel like, you know, it was fun and you're fun yeah. and it was really mm -hmm. comfortable. So because mm -hmm. I, I I recently just did one where um, he brought his pickup truck and his sports car and cool. we did a lot of stuff like that. So I'm always like bring as much of you into it, you know, so that's really fun. Well, and, and I have so to maybe add they're looking for I'm for, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I have to add here too. I mean, just to give further context to our listeners, I've got this up on screen. For those of you that are listening to the audio, uh, make sure that you go to Nadine Nasby Photography. It's Nadine underscore Nasby underscore photography. We'll link to it in the, the show notes of Boca Podcast. But if you search that on Instagram, you can see some of Nadine's work. And it is, it is very wide ranging, Nadine. Um, but you've got some really beautiful work here. And again, there's there's so many potential directions that we could go. I mean, your, your senior photography is lovely, and then you've got this gorgeous wedding work. Um, so it, it, you don't you don't lack for skill set. That's not the issue. It's just a matter of kind of you know dialing in what it is that your focus is, both as a brand um, and a message, and then ultimately the photography, the, the services that you're offering there. But just to bring it back around for a second, when it comes to our clients' potential pain points. 
Um, a lot of that information can be gathered just simply through conversation. And the one that you just described is an interesting one because the, the client is saying to you, after having worked with you, you made me feel at ease. And if you have ongoing conversations with your clients where you hear that theme, well, now you know the potential pain point, first of all, which is the opposite of that. I'm going to be nervous in front of the camera. And you can speak to that pain point and say, but at my photography business, we're going to make you feel at ease. We make it easy for you. We make it comfortable for you. You're going to have the most fun you've ever had in front of a camera. Some version of that. And now you're addressing a pain point via that that brand position uh, messaging. Does that make sense? Yeah. So look for opportunities for conversation with your clients. And again, you know, we may not land on an absolute message today. Part of this is just about gaining some, some, a, a little bit of clarity, beginning to gain a little bit of clarity and establish some direction. Uh, but one of the ways that you can do that, certainly on an ongoing basis, this is important, not just now, but even after you establish a clear direction to continue to have those conversations, ask questions, make little notes about what clients are saying to you, because you know, you find out how you're serving them or not serving them. And then, of course, the antithesis of that is then what their pain point is, uh, or I guess uh, on the opposite side, what it is that they're looking for and whether or not you're delivering on that. So those conversations are super important. And, and for everybody listening in or watching, again, keep that in mind. It's, it's so important to have ongoing conversation with your clients to be aware of those pain points so that you can most effectively meet them, but then in the marketing, speak to them. And that's how you're going to sell most uh, effectively is by by. Uh, ultimately taking advantage of the opportunity to speak to those pain points. It's certainly one of the most effective ways. Now, what would you say, again, when we talk about establishing brand position statement, our, our whole business ultimately is going to revolve around this position statement. So it's important that we establish a position which is a reflection of, of our goals, our interests, and ultimately our desires when it comes to being a photography business owner. So to that end, what are some of the top reasons why you personally started a photography business to begin with? And, and not only for your context, but for our listeners, this could be financial, philosophical, or otherwise. Um, well, it kind of has to go back to um, like college, and and I thought I wanted to go into like broadcasting. I don't know why. I hate being on camera, even. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you're doing fine. So, no worries at all. Um, but anyway, and I've always loved taking pictures, had a Pentax camera, and all that. But. Um, just things kind of clicked for me when um, I don't know if you or any of who's, anyone who's listening uh, remembers a documentary photographer, Dorothea Lang and her famous migrant mother portrait. Did I don't remember that, that offhand. No. Anyway, it, um, it's a beautiful black and white portrait where you really see of a migrant mother in the field. And mm. like, you can just see the, the weather, and, and the hard work on her face. And it just, it really just tells so much and, and evokes so much emotion. And that just captivated me. And I realized that, oh, there's a, a career as a photojournalist once I got into journalism. And so everything just kind of clicked. And um, I loved doing that for the time. And then when we started, I uh, got married and had kids, that's being in the news business is not really a, career when you're when you're into like raising your a family and sure. um so I kind of took a break for a while and so starting my own business really uh, still stems from that initial passion for um documenting like people's lives like mm. real authentic real authenticity and 
Uh, I still love doing that. I used to do family sessions like in people's homes uh, with little kids and that kind of waned a little bit. But uh, yeah, I just there's, that's the number one driving force is I just still love that. And um, I love using natural light too in, in those in the different situations. Um, and then there is that flexibility. Mm. Like I mentioned, even though our kids are leaving, uh, their adult children leave. Well, because of COVID it's, it's been delayed, but, uh, there's still that flexibility that I still want to have to be able to, for my husband and I to, to, um, go see them or travel wherever they are. Sure. And then uh, I, I love to be in control of the creative process. Okay. So, um, and to, like I mentioned earlier, to be in charge of, of my income. Cause you don't really get that when you work for somebody else. So, yeah. It's not, it's nice to yeah. be your own boss for sure. And it also comes with a, yeah. with a lot of responsibility um, that I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize uh, in many cases, but, but yeah, it also, also on the flip side of that, if you manage it well, it gives you the flexibility that you were talking about. But I also, what note, what I noticed though, in this, in this ongoing conversation is this theme, which is your, not only your experience, but also your passion for that documentary style photography. I mean, that's, that's what really lit you up to begin with when it came to photography. It's what you ultimately did professionally. And now, now you have the opportunity potentially to even bring that skill set to your photography business as a wedding photographer, maybe a senior photographer, potentially both. Um, so again, we're going to come back to that in just a second. But let me ask you kind of one last main question here, which has to do with what you're looking for in this case. I mean, you you communicated a brand position statement uh, to me, I think, and it may even be, is it on the, the profile page? Yeah, actually it is. Let me pull this up really quick here on mm-hmm. your Instagram profile documentary wedding photographer for the classic Florida couple. Uh, But again, well, okay, first of all, I have to give you props because this is a really beautiful example of a strong position statement for our listeners, a little bit of context. Wedding photography is the genre that she's speaking to. And Nadine, I'm speaking to you too here. That's really, really good stuff. Wedding photography is the genre. Documentary wedding photography, that is now the variation on that particular service. And then you also call out the target market, the classic couple. Now, classic is is a pretty broad term that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to everyone, but you're being specific, and that's that's what stands out to me here. And then you also call out the marketplace. So you actually have a pretty strong position statement currently, but are you wanting to further refine that statement, or are you wanting to change it up altogether? Where are you at with this brand and, and kind of the lack of clarity that you said that you were feeling? Well... I'm not really booking weddings, so obviously, so I don't feel like it's working. Um, and I've I've been I've become a student of marketing and 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 refining my brand, but it's just I don't really know what what's missing, like what the missing pieces are. Um, and okay. I and I really struggled with the term classic bride. I, what I'm trying to say is. Um, the ones that don't follow like the latest trends, mm, kind of okay. where, but I don't know if that's the right word. And what's the, I guess, what's the opposition to, or the apprehension about photographing brides who are following the trends? Because then I feel like maybe they don't appreciate black and white photography or the okay. documentary style. Like they're just interested in their, 
pictures looking like their friend's wedding. I don't sure. really know. <laughs> I'm sure. just trying to figure it out. Okay, so. that's fair enough. So I guess what I'd like to do next is maybe just kind of come back to, um, well, actually, I think it's good to first start by looking at your marketplace because we have kind of our personal intentions, our personal goals, what it is that we're trying to, what we want out of this, out of a business, what we're trying to accomplish. Of course, we have the financial goals. And I mentioned earlier the significance of being aware of the available market for whatever service it is that, that we want to try to offer. That's super important. But um, it's also important to, to make sure that we're aware of the way that the market is behaving. And really that, that comes in a couple of different ways. One is to be aware of what other photographers are doing. And we're going to actually, I'm going to read out some of the position statements that I found on some of your competition site uh, or competition websites. But the other, the other piece of it is to understand what it is that the market is looking for, the way that they're behaving. I mean, the reality is we can't ignore trends because we have to make decisions in and amongst them. And it could be in contrast to them. It could be to go along with them. It could be to offer some variation of them. Uh, but we do have to be aware of them. Uh, and I think some people might actually kind of laugh at me, probably my girlfriend included, uh, if, if they realized some of the content that I consume, particularly on YouTube. But I do it very intentionally, not because it's something that I'm necessarily interested in spending a lot of time watching as far as content or consuming as far as content, but more because I want to be aware of what's going on in the marketplace. If I just simply stuck with what I was familiar with and what I'm comfortable with and what I know and what I like and what's worked for me in the past, I'm going to get stuck as a business owner. And so a certain amount of awareness about what's going on in the marketplace, regardless of whether or not I personally subscribe to those thought processes or I decide to build my business around them, it's super important in order for me to make intelligent decisions about how I position my brand. Now, one of the things that you mentioned to me, and, and then we'll, we'll talk about your competition here in a second, but you felt like uh, there was a potential maybe for, I guess, feeling a little bit irrelevant in uh, in the genre that you were most interested in? Is that the wedding photography? Is that the senior photography or both? Primarily weddings. Okay. Definitely. Because I feel when I, when I, um, I don't just create uh, black and white uh, imagery from high school seniors. It's kind of a mixture. But whenever I do they, my clients really love it. They're like, Oh, they'll always say, Oh, I love the black and white. Um, this is so coming from the, like, from the seniors that you're photographing. Yeah. And, okay. and their parents, you know, they, oh, of course, positive feedback there. Yeah. Of course. That's interesting to note. Okay. Um, okay. So that's, that's actually really good. And we'll, again, we'll kind of come back around to that because I, I, I really, I see a pretty clear direction here, but, um, but I also want to get your thoughts along the way. And, and just again, for the sake of context and conversation, not only for you, but also for our listeners, the next thing that I actually want to do is just kind of take us through an observation of the, the competition in the area. It's super important to, uh, to be aware of what other photographers are doing, again, so that you can position yourself against them. Most photographers develop awareness about what other photographers are doing and then copy them. And um, you know whether it's just using somebody, the same Lightroom presets that 2,000 other photographers are using or copying the, the website design styles, or framing images the same way photographers tend to copy. The, the, a good business owner is going to look for opportunities to do something different, and that's super important. So developing awareness about what other photographers are saying in your market so that then your message stands in contrast to that, it stands out, is super important. 
Uh, of course, I'm not going to mention any business names or photographers' names today. Um, that's not my intention. What I do want to communicate is what some of the photographers in your area are saying. And for those of you listening in, this is a really important exercise for you to do. Take some time, and it doesn't take very long. Take a half hour or so and go do a search. For example, if, if, if I was still shooting weddings, I live in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. I would search Chattanooga wedding photographer or Chattanooga wedding photography. And I would see the results that come up and I would want to look at the photographers, what it is that they're doing, the, the marketing message or the brand position message that they have on their site. I want to look at their pricing and all of this information that enables me to establish a business model that's going to stand in contrast to them rather than just simply copying and pasting what everybody else is doing. So the first search that I did in your marketplace uh, was uh, ended up being Orlando Senior Pictures. And um, these are some of the position statements that, that came up in the process. And by the way, not every photographer on you know, the first three pages of the Google results and organic results, by the way, I didn't click on the ads, um, had a position statement. The ones that did, here are some just very quickly. And this is just searching for senior pictures. Your story, your moment was one. Award-winning Orlando engagement family and senior portrait photographers. By the way, I don't know what it is about Orlando, but I don't think I've ever seen in any marketplace the popularity of the words award-winning. For some reason, or like really, really popular there. I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> um, another one said, tell your story in images that are joyful, artistic, and uniquely you. Another one said, award-winning Orlando, Florida portrait photographer. Uh, another said, exquisite senior portraiture. And then subtext or an additional message was a photography experience to remember. Um, another was luxurious, fine portraiture. Really three words kind of separate, three separate ideas, the way that they had it on, on their site. Another one says creating cherished portraits through fun experience. Another, this is not your average senior portrait experience, which by the way, just a little side note, I kind of love that because it, it does two things. It communicates that this photographer is fun, adventurous, but it doesn't give me enough information to have the whole picture. So now I'm curious. I'm like, wait, why is it not my average senior portrait experience? And I want to look into that more. So I thought that was actually well done. Uh, another one that said capturing the moments between the moments. This is an example of a of messaging that unfortunately happens a lot in our industry where we're using these very cliche phrases and words that we've heard for years and years and years, and they don't carry that much meaning anymore, largely because they've been used for years and years. And they also are words that are kind of nebulous. They're a bit arbitrary, a bit vague. Um, so not a great example of a position statement. Destination Orlando wedding photographers was another one. Award-winning photography. By the way, this is coming up in response to searching Orlando senior pictures, not wedding photography. And th these are the sites that are coming up, which is kind of interesting. Some of them, they landed on dedicated pages talking about senior photography, what I end up doing is going to the homepage just to see what their position statement is. So that's for senior pictures. And just a little bit more context, I searched Orlando wedding photographer and I saw these messages, a curated collection of authentic in-between moments that are timeless to look back upon. Again, another example of, first of all, too many words, way too long a position statement, but using a lot of the cliches and we're not going to stand out in the mix if we're just using cliches, the same cliches that everybody else is using. Uh, another one was kick-ass wedding photos and videos for fun-loving couples. Uh, yeah, it was, it, I, I saw that made you smile. And it is kind of fun, right? Like immediately yeah. you're like, oh, they, <laughs> yeah, a little personality in it, which is, which grabs somebody's attention. And it does stand out in comparison to some of the other messaging. Orlando wedding photographers who live to travel to tell your love stories from elopements and destination weddings worldwide. And you are at the heart of everything. It, 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 it's so super long and it was all kind of uh, jumbled together. 
Uh, it, it was a bit much for me, but that's just another one. Husband and wife team is another one. Husband and wife team offering joyful and romantic wedding photography and videography for stylish couples. I, I've said this before on the podcast and other consultations, but I don't know why the word joyful became the thing to use on websites. I don't know of one wedding photographer who doesn't want to photograph a happy couple nor do I know of any wedding photographer who would expect to photograph anything other than a happy couple on their wedding day. I don't understand why photographers are obsessed with using that word. It doesn't make us distinct or unique. It speaks to the obvious. I'm very confused by that. So I just had to, I'm amused by it, but I had to highlight it because if photographers, in many cases, I think it's easy just to go into kind of like you were talking about, Nadine, copy and paste mode, where we just kind of do what the other photographers are doing. And we're yeah. not really thinking about what we're saying. Joyful. Yeah, sounds if, good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it, it, I don't even know if it sounds good. It, it's just, it's so <laughs> obvious. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave that alone. Um, I, I agree. Let's see. Orlando wedding photography and videography, family portraits, high school, senior pictures, headshots, and more. That's an example of a statement where you're like, you're covering everything. And I, by the way, I, I want to be clear about this. Just because a photographer says that they offer multiple genres, as you do, Nadine, doesn't mean it's a bad business, number one, nor that that business can't book in those multiple genres. What we're looking for is clarity. And in my mind, let's just take away as many moving parts as possible, which means let's focus on one particular genre and ideally a variation on that genre that's unique to the marketplace. And it's going to simplify things for everybody and hopefully give you a leg up when it comes to booking more clients. So that's just my thought there. Um, the, the next person said your local affordable professional photographer. I, I like the specificity of it. There are not many photographers that they go that route and their starting price was $350, which I think most photographers would balk at. But the reality is not only do they have a very clear brand message, but they've got the price point to back it up. And I would venture that that person probably books a ton of weddings. Now they have to book a ton of weddings in order to make a living at that price point. But it's a, yeah. it's a compelling message, and then it's clear, and they've backed it up with what they're doing. Orlando Wedding Photographers, another one. Premier Orlando Wedding Photographer. Um, Destination Orlando Wedding Photographer is Affordable Wedding Photographer. There was actually a second one, but I honestly don't see that message a whole lot in the various markets that I've looked at. Refined Imagery for the Most unfor- Unforgettable Moments was the last one there that I, that I noted. So I know that's a lot of different messages, but it's important to, and again, for our listeners as well, get a, I guess, get context ultimately to have a big picture perspective about what your market is doing, what it is that they're saying, because as you're considering what direction to go, you don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You want to go a different direction. You want to make sure the messaging isn't copy paste. You're not using the same words that five other photographers are using. That's why this stuff matters. Any initial thoughts as you're listening to those? Yeah. So I did, uh, when I, I just redid my website this past year and so I, I was trying to do that. I was trying to like set myself apart. Okay. That's why I decided to focus on my extensive, as you noted, and diverse uh, background shooting the Pope and President Reagan and Jamie Lee Curtis on a movie set. That's trying to kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm experienced. I photographed a lot of different things, um, but nothing compares to capturing your husband's expression as he sees you walk down the aisle. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. And again, we're going to come back to that because I think there's a lot there that, that you can actually leverage for the sake of your brand. Uh, 
for again for our listeners, take take the opportunity to do what I just did. It, don't, it doesn't take very long. Do a search in your local market, develop that awareness. It's huge. It gives context to the effort. You don't just want to blindly pick a direction without being aware of what everybody else is doing. Really important. Um, before I start making some recommendations, Nadine, um, just very clearly or very quickly for your context and again for our listeners as well, I just want to list four ways to establish a clear and distinct brand position. Um, and and some of these may seem a little bit obvious at this point because we've probably touched on on many, if not most of them. But four specifically, number one, um, the first way that you can establish a clear and distinct brand position is to be the first to own that position. And this is this is even possible for a genre that exists that other photographers that you know they're already in that space. If nobody's actually calling it out as being like if, if, if I, for example, there are a lot of wedding photographers here in Chattanooga. If I came out and said, I am Chattanooga's wedding photographer and I labeled myself as Chattanooga's, like if you want wedding photographer in Chattanooga, I'm the person that you come to, that would be a pretty gutsy move. And I would have to actually back it up in, in various ways. That, that's a loaded conversation in and of itself. But if I am the first one to come out and own that position, that is one way to, to establish some distinction in a marketplace. Now, again, it takes a lot of work because you're doing the same thing that everybody else is or many other people are doing. Um, so it's got to be more than just the messaging. You got to back up that messaging with a really, really strong brand and a service. But um, that is one way to do it. Number two would be to offer a service that doesn't exist. And um, I'll go ahead and add in number three here, which is offer a variation of a service. Because the reality is that of course, trying to offer a unique photography, a photographic service in a market as large as Orlando is going to be pretty difficult. So if that's not an option, and for probably for most photographers in the markets that they're in, it's not going to be an option, then the next thing to do is to offer a variation of a service. And that's, again, where we come back to that documentary-style photography uh, that you're talking about. We'll, we'll get into that here in just a second. And then the fourth way to create and establish a clear and distinct brand position is to name a target market. And again, you did this beautifully already where you said Florida. Now, Florida is a very big marketplace. So my suggestion would be specificity and narrowing that focus in. So if that's Orlando, still a big marketplace, but that's way more specific because Florida is pretty big. Um, and if you want to get even more specific than that, if you feel like there's opportunity to do so, then again, that, um, I, would, I would narrow that down even further, but call out the marketplace. But you've, you've done a beautiful job, and I have to, to bring our listeners and viewers back to this just one more time, and I'm going to go back to your Instagram profile, your position statement currently, which is documentary wedding photographer for the classic Florida couple. You called out the genre, plenty of wedding photographers there, so now you're going to set yourself about, apart by saying uh, that you're a documentary wedding photographer, and then you call out the marketplace, Florida, and uh, as well, the classic couple. Now, classic's uh, a little bit weak as far as a word just because it's, it's a little bit on the vague side. It means different things to different people. Yeah. So you could potentially adjust that. Uh, but otherwise, this is a really strong brand position statement as it relates to the concepts, the principles that we were just talking about. So again, you're well on your way here. But I, I want to keep this going because I've been kind of teasing this for a bit. I want to come back to what, what it is that really that you're currently doing. Um, and I want to pull up your website and let me jump right over here actually to, we're gonna actually share my screen one more time. So 
For those of you listening in, Nadine Nasby, N-A-D-I-N-E-N-A-S-B-Y.com. We'll put this in the show notes um, for context as well. Although by the time you see this, Nadine may have already made some updates. You never know. Uh, it could get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Nadine, what I was going to say very simply, and, and I want to dig into this a little bit, get your thoughts as well. I, you know, I scroll down here on the homepage of your site and I read what it is that we talked about earlier from photographing the Pope and President Reagan to Jamie Lee Curtis on a movie set. I have covered many major news events, but none compares to the shots I'll get of your partner's expression and so forth. But you've got this experience as a photojournalist. And, and I actually, I want to pop this up on screen. Um, this is an Instagram post from, let's see, March 6th of 2019. Um, and it's this beautiful, no, 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 no. This is, this is actually really beautiful work. And it's part of why I'm bringing it up on screen. Um, this is a, a family photo that you took. And in my mind, first of all, the finish, whatever you did here for the processing, this black and white is stunning. The, the contrast is rich, but you're not losing detail in the blacks. Uh, but it doesn't just look like some grayscale, quick grayscale application of a, of a preset and, and on. Like it's a really beautiful a finish on the image that grabs my attention, but it also has a documentary slant to it, which is that you didn't create this. It doesn't look like a styled shoot where you're working with a model. It looked like you captured this image as it was happening. You may have been there to photograph a family portrait, but you got that so-called in-between moment that a lot of photographers talk about on their websites. You actually did that here. And to me, this captures what I am pretty certain you're capable of based on your experience. Now, I'm going to take that off the screen. And again, for everybody listening in, you can go watch the replay of this episode at uh, facebook.com slash Boca podcast, and you can see what it is that we're talking about here. Or you can scroll back through Nadine's Instagram feed all the way to March 6, 2019 as well to see this. It's just a beautiful, beautiful portrait. But Nadine, what I was going to say is, I, I know your experience. You've got this fascinating backstory, which, by the way, you could you could highlight on your about page and and share a few. I mean, if, if you have the the copyright to them, share a few of your images from back in the day when you were shooting some of these incredible events. But I don't see your work represented um, when it, when I look at when I look at this this work, and I'll come back to your your website here. You've you've done a beautiful job. I mean, your, your images are fine. That's not the issue. But it doesn't represent or reflect not only your experience as a photojournalist, but that style, that documentary style that you obviously have a really strong ability with. And, and then I go to your Instagram account and I'm seeing the same thing. I mean, th these are stunning. Some of this photography here, and I, I shot for, for 10 years. Um, I, I've been lucky to, to have had images that were this beautiful. Your, your work is beautiful, but these are very posed images. Um, whether it's you know working with the bride or maybe a styled shoot or just one of your clients, it, it doesn't reflect that that documentary style. So the the immediate question, at least for me, that that begs is why, if if you want to position yourself as a documentary photographer, a wedding photographer, a senior photographer, and I, I would suggest I'm going to go ahead and make the suggestion that you try to focus on one or the other. We'll come back to that here in just a second. But if you're a documentary photographer and you have experience in that realm and you love those black and whites, why not, why not put those on the website? Why not actually establish a brand? When you say that Nadine Nasby Photography is documentary wedding photography or documentary senior photography, and you've got this rich black and white, whatever you did with that one image, I, I, I'm curious, actually. Like I want that preset. It's beautiful. But 
whatever that style, if you had images that at least 90, 95% of the images on your website looked like that, oh my word, you, you would have you would have the ownership of a market. Now, it would be a niche market because not, to your earlier point, not everybody is looking for tons of black and white photography. But maybe maybe the split becomes 75-25. You have the color there so that so that pl- the people that are coming to your site who really like your style, but are, they're like, oh, but I want a little bit of color, they still have that desire met, that need met. But the focus is your ability as a documentary photographer. That's the stuff that I would show. I would put that on my all over my website. I would put that all over Instagram. Um, I would back that up with maybe a little bit of refinement in your brand design, the logo that you're using, which is a little bit more classic in nature. Some of those um, those kind of old style serif fonts that you would see on a newspaper, you know, that they would use as the font for the the name of the newspaper, and and go with that. Like play on this your history, your experience, and ultimately your desire for that classic look. Play on that. Build a whole brand around that. Now, there are two different directions we can go. I said we were going to come back to this. Wedding photography, if, if you are seeing that, you know, I think you said, what, 90% of your work right now or more is senior photography? Yeah. So correct. if you, there, there, there are a couple of different ways you could go with this, two or three different ways at, at the very least. Um, number one, you could go ahead and separate the brands. So maybe you create a separate brand, which is wedding photography, and then separate, which is senior. Right now, the majority of your work is senior photography. Your existing brand now, you keep as Nadine Nasby Photography, and that becomes documentary senior photography. And you build out your portfolio on that site so that, again, 75, 80, 90% even of the work that you exhibit, first of all, it's all going to be senior photography, but 75, 80, 85% of that work is going to be that, like, that journalistic, um, very raw, candid type of documentary photography and then of course you sprinkle in a few of the the little bit more posed stuff because you know parents are going to be looking for that and they're not willing to to compromise on that that's fine but what you lead with is that documentary style of photography and you do the same thing on instagram and then the other thing that you do is start to develop a certain client base the ones who have given you that feedback that hey i we really love this style you start to build relationships with them, potential referral program where they're bringing in their friends who also or family friends or family members who also have seniors who are going to have seniors in the near future who also may be interested in that particular genre of photography. And you start to build a little bit of a momentum, a snowball, if you will, um, that could potentially propel that brand forward. Re- so that's that's one direction you go. You separate the senior photography, make it exclusively that. Because you know, one of the things I'm even learning this as a business owner now, um, and in fact, personally, for that matter, I, I can I can spin my wheels and go 50 different directions and try to accommodate everybody's likes and dislikes and preferences and all these other things. It becomes exhausting, and and the reality is that we probably are better off if we focus on the two, three, four things that that we know we're good at. Number one, and number two. That um, that ultimately, well, enable us to kind of to, to not have to suffer from that kind of paradox of choice. When we're, we're like, do we do this thing? Do we do that thing? It becomes exhausting. We focus on the on the two or three things that we're that we know that we're good at that ultimately serve others and that align with our personal goals. Done. And so, in this case, my suggestion would be to do to go where you already have momentum rather than try to fight against um, the reality that is set in at this point, which is that maybe there's not a demand for your specific wedding 
a style of wedding photography. Now, the caveat to that, of course, is that you haven't really been demonstrating or at least posting online your documentary style of wedding photography. So what if you did that? Now, you could do that still within your existing brand, maybe create a little bit more distinction, wedding, seniors, maybe they land on the homepage and they're, you know, some photographers will do this. They'll have a box for lack of a better word. And they've got one image representing one part of the brand, which is wedding photography. And then the other that's representing senior photography, by the way, go to a designer for this. I'm not a designer, um, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> give them an opportunity to see that you offer both without kind of mixing it all up together. You want them to go one direction or the other, but when they land on one brand or the other, again, what they're going to see is that documentary style of wedding photography. The reason that I asked earlier whether or not you have flexibility as far as the income piece of it is concerned is this this is a, a bit of a niche offering, right? Um, the, the reality is pretty much every wedding photographer these days is doing documentary style wedding photography. You see them photographing the couples on the dance floor or in the reception, moving around the reception or um, getting ready before the wedding. And in, in wedding photography, it's actually quite common. The slant that you're going to put on it is going to be, I just think it's going to niche it down, but it's going to, it's going to bring a flare with it, which is really, really beautiful. But if the focus is, let's say, 75, 80% black and white, it is going to be niching down even further. So you need to make sure that there's enough of a demand there. And that's why I say, if you've got a little bit of flexibility with your income at the moment, whereas, you know, let's say for the next year, you could experiment with developing this brand that's based exclusively around your documentary style of wedding photography and, and work on building that brand up, changing, you know, starting with changing the website, changing what you're posting to Instagram, and, and then ultimately beginning to get the word out via, via various marketing channels about this brand and what it represents. Um, that'll at least give you the opportunity to, see, opportunity to see if there's some demand there for that particular style. Um, that's, that's where that flexibility of income comes in. You could do that with the wedding side. You could do that with the senior side. Or if you want, you can ultimately narrow down one or the two. Um, if, if, if I were to make the, if I were going to suggest what to do right the second, I would say go with senior photography, narrow down on that because that's where you already have momentum. Go with it, go begin to at least show the documentary style, add more of that into your Instagram feed, add more of it to your website, make it available, touch base with those clients who've used you, who really like that style, build on that and go where it's already, your business is already working really well. Um, if you really love the wedding photography you're going to have to kind of, that's, that's going to be a genre in and of itself. And, and again, what I would suggest is to begin to display, to demonstrate what it is you're capable of with this particular style and, and actually run with that. I, I've been talking for a long time. Um, I want to stop for a second. I want to get your initial I'm thoughts. I'm, yeah. <laughs> what, what are your initial um, kind of gut feelings or responses and to, with, with all the things that I've, that I've said? Well, I, I, are you suggesting like, Two different Instagram accounts, one well, okay. for seniors. One for- <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a little carried away. And I said too much all at once. So there, there, are, you're only going to have two Instagram accounts if you have two separate, two totally separate brands. If you keep the brands one and the same, you're going to have you're going to keep that one Instagram feed. I, I think the bigger question it's not so much about Instagram. It's just what are you doing with the brand? Are you going to do just senior photography? Are you going to do just wedding photography? Are you going to continue to do both? That's, that's the first question. You need to establish what direction you're going in that regard. Once you make that decision, then you can, you can think about whether or not you need multiple Instagram accounts um, and then ultimately what your marketing efforts look like. But it, it needs to start with 
where is where does the opportunity actually lie? And it's again, it's obviously your wedding photography. It's not because you don't have the skill set, but you're also not offering anything that's super unique. So if you began to offer something that was really unique at a price point that fit the marketplace, um, where there's a demand, you know, we'll call it two thousand dollar range. You could likely build up your wedding photography business relatively quickly, especially with the massive demand that there is currently. So it, it's you need to decide first: are you gonna you're gonna keep weddings? and seniors? Are you going to next one or the other? That's kind of the number one decision. But as far as the brand position is concerned, in my mind, it's very simple. You're a documentary senior photographer. You're a documentary wedding photographer. And when you look at your market as it stands now, nobody's playing in that space. Nobody whatsoever. When it comes to... I I didn't see any imagery that was especially compelling as it relates to documentary style photography. There was absolutely no messaging that spoke to that. You, the, the world is your, the Orlando world is your oyster when it comes to this style. You just have to decide, are you going to try to do it with both genres? Are you going to try to pick one or go the other direction um, and, and then build from there? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I did try um, on my website. Uh, there are that two, I don't know, maybe you didn't see it. Like on, on the bottom, it does have um, for brides or seniors. So I did, I, kind of am trying to do that. Like, let me so let me pull this up here really quickly on on the website. I'm going to pop the website back up online again. So uh, you said for brides or seniors, so I come down here. Yeah, I see yeah, that. Yeah, okay. see there, uh, one and two. Correct. Now, so that's, that's quite a ways down. I'm about halfway down the page. Um, what I was okay. suggesting, if you do decide to keep both genres, to offer both genres, mm-hmm. and you're going to do it under this one brand for the sake of simplicity mm-hmm. at the moment, then I would suggest bumping that way up here. Now, what I would do, and this is, again, I'm, I, please, please, please talk to a designer. I'm not a designer. But what I would do on a very simple level, conceptually, is I would have my logo up here and I would make it much smaller because nobody needs, it, it's not important enough that they see on a large scale what your logo looks like. As they, they get a little bit, as long as they see your name, of course, they probably typed that in or clicked on it anyway to get there so they know where they're at. That could be much, right. much smaller. Then you need a a header image, which you have currently, which at least part of it sits above the fold. Do you know what I mean when I say above the fold? Yes. Okay. So without having to scroll for anybody who's listening in or watching the, the most important content in your site needs to sit above the fold when the client lands on that page. And, and I say the most important content, the most important content as it relates to capturing their attention with the few seconds that you have. So you've got to have a beautiful image or a couple of images, and you need to have that clear and distinct brand position statement. So I would make that logo smaller. I would, what I would do is probably move that, what you were showing down here, I'm coming back to your website for those of you who are watching, um, that for brides, for seniors, some version of that, I would move back up to the top. And, okay. um, and I think visually it could be presented even nicer than, than it is currently. But then I would also make sure that documentary, Orlando's documentary photographer, if you're going to continue to offer both genres, if it's weddings, Orlando's documentary wedding photographer, Orlando's senior or documentary senior photographer, call it out, own that space, be the person that is in charge of documentary photography in that marketplace. That that's, that's the easy takeaway. And I know I've been, I've been saying a lot of different words. I'm kind of brainstorming out loud with you, but when it comes to the position statement, you've got it already. That's the simple of it. You've had a very great, for the most part, just with some refinement, I would take, I wouldn't be so broad as Florida. I wouldn't use the word classic. I would just say I am Orlando's documentary or whatever market you want to call out, but Orlando's documentary photographer, Orlando's documentary wedding photographer, senior photographer, 
But I, I think the bigger idea here, because you really already had a pretty decent brand position statement, is you need to back up that statement with the work that you're showing. So don't tell me that you're a documentary wedding photographer, but then when I'm scrolling through the first you know, five rows of your Instagram feed, it's all posed pictures. Because now I'm not seeing, you're saying one thing, but you're showing me something else. And that's confusing to me, whether I'm conscious, you know, consciously thinking about that or subconsciously thinking about it, that's confusing. I think there's a massive opportunity here. Again, as long as the market supports it, and that's what you have to kind of test and experiment with. But there's a massive opportunity when it comes to standing out to be Orlando's documentary photographer. You like leverage that experience that you have, pulls a little bit of that portfolio up, put it on your about page, but then show the, the potential clients that come to your website, the ones that come to your Instagram account, show us that work. I mean, I'm going to pop this back up on screen again. Uh, that, that family image is stunning. The finish is beautiful. The processing, it's gorgeous. It, it's, a, it's a lovely portrait of that family, but it's not forced. It's not superposed. There's real emotion in it. That to me represents what it is that you're good at. And I haven't seen, to be fair, I haven't seen all your, your past work as a photojournalist, but I'm assuming that that is what you're good at. And that's the thing that I would show because as I'm looking through your competition, nobody's showing that. Literally nobody. It's all like bright, poppy color. There's some websites that, yeah. um, that I mean, weren't even worth really speaking of, but the ones that were decent websites and the photographers look halfway accomplished, it was bright, poppy color, not and, 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 you know, kind of glossy and posed and kind of fashion oriented, that kind of stuff, not the documentary stuff. So you have the, you have the opportunity to just own that space. Um, and that's the direction I would suggest that you go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you. Cause you know, it's what you're seeing on my Instagram is just a perfect example of me being confused. Like, you know, you could, and, and maybe a lot of other photographers are in larger markets can resonate with that it's like sure. you know there's that middle section um not too long ago where it was like all black and white where i was like yeah and i kind of like went there and yeah. i was like i'm gonna just show black and white and and lately you know since i haven't really booked any weddings i've been doing style shoots and you know but i still try to get those candid moments um from the style shoots and because what's kind of been neat with that is that the couples that we've photographed are, have been real couples. So I love that. Like mm. they're either we're really engaged or, um, or just married. So, um, so that's kind of cool that they're, they're not just models. Um, or actually if they were models, they were actually really dating. Um, so, so yeah, I just kind of like went there and, and was making that commitment. But then again, like I mentioned earlier, got a little pushback, um, it wasn't from another photographer. It, it, some other people in the industry just kind of saying that they they just didn't feel like couples in this area were really looking for that. So then I, yeah, I I'm just kind of been all over the place. So <laughs> I really appreciate you kind of um, just making me feel like I should just follow my passion. Yes, but I'll add the big caveat, right? Because it's very it's it's become a cliche. Uh, it, because it said so much for people to talk about following their passion. The, the big caveat to that is that there, again, has to be market demand for it. So that's why I, I try to get a little bit of context as far as your your income goes, because what what's going to need to happen, and there are various ways that you can test this, but ultimately it, it's going to take a little bit of time, first of all, for you to go back and, and make updates to your website 
to reflect the style. I would even suggest having somebody, I mean, even go on like Fiverr.com, for example, and, and have somebody, it's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And you can find some logo designers on there that won't cost you a whole lot. Have them design something that, that fits, again, that kind of classic vibe that you're going for, kind of the newspaper style vibe that you're going for. And, um, but you're going to want to go to your website and basically redo your website to, to reflect yeah. this effort. You need to get the brand position statement up there, by the way. Um, but you need to adjust the imagery to actually reflect this look. I would highly, highly recommend, um, talking to a designer as well. And, um, if you, if you actually go to photographers edit, or excuse me, the, the Boca podcast and, and search, um, through our archives uh, at Boca podcast, We've had a number of, of episodes where we've talked with designers. So you'll see various designers that have come on the show. You could potentially reach out to understand some of the principles behind good design. But I, I would actually get in touch with a designer, work with a designer, explain to them the, the look and feel that you're going for and, and have them help you with that. But you want to redo your site. So that's going to start with that. That's going to take a little bit of time. And then, and then the second, and of course, you're going to want to go back through and at least clean up your Instagram account a little bit. You talked about going all black and white. I think right now at least while you're building the brand up. I would say like in, you know, let's call it three years when you start to develop some notoriety or you, you've developed some notoriety and a, and a client base that supports your, not only your passion, but ultimately the, the business model and the brand position, the brand message, then you can take things to an extreme. Right now you're trying to build a business model in a market that obviously seems to support color, kind of bright, vibrant color photography, Right. Um, right, so right. what I would suggest is like on Instagram, of course, you're, you're, you're dealing with three columns in Instagram. So what you could do is two out of the three images that you post, every two out of three is black and white. And then you post a color one to go along with it. Make sure that every single one of those pictures, I don't know, maybe one out of eight or 10 you post that's, that's posed just so people see that you can do that kind of thing, because there's still going to be some expectation at the end of the day for that. But two out of three pictures are black and white. Eight out of the 10 pictures are documentary in nature, not posed, not set up, not styled shoots, or if they are styled shoots, it's got to be an image from that styled shoot that is that at least looks or feels documentary in nature. You need to show what it is that you want your brand to represent. You got to back. It's not just about saying a position statement. You've got to back that up too. That's going to be super important. So you're going to do the website. You're going to update your feed um, best you can without, of course, getting rid of all your images. And then what you're going to also want to do, and this is really all needs to happen simultaneously, is that um, you need to, to reach out to the clients that you've talked with who have given you that positive feedback about that style and look for opportunities to to photograph their friends. Um, and it may be in some cases as you're trying to get this launch that you have to do some discounted or even free sessions uh, or potentially even set up a style shoot or two that enable you to be able to capture some more of the style of image um, so that you've got that to demonstrate or to show. And then you're going to also want to start reaching out. I mean, if, if you're going to continue to play in the wedding photography space or you want to, coordinators were all the big, always the biggest, uh, in fact, an individual coordinator for me, but coordinators are the biggest source of business for my wedding photography business. And um, by the way, little context, these recommendations I'm making to you is it's largely something that we did. Uh, I started in wedding photography back in 2001. I was shooting film as well. And in the little Chattanooga market that I live in, it was very kind of status quo to have kind of, it was an old school style, a traditional style, color wedding photography, very posed, very stiff, mm -hmm. um, frankly, kind of boring. And that was what yeah. was popular here. And so what we did, long story short, was come out with 
what was at the time coming out of California as photo wedding photojournalism. Uh, I say California, but also Atlanta, I guess, with Dennis Reggie. And um, that was the style that was becoming popular out of the West Coast. And it wasn't really happening here in Tennessee. We offered that. It was unique to the marketplace. And I think it, it's interesting when we look at market demand. And at that time, there obviously ended up being a market demand for us. And I think that was in conjunction with the price point that we were offering. But um, it's I, in some ways, I'm not sure if the market realized that they wanted that particular style until they had it as an option. And then they saw it and they're like, oh my word, this looks like you know something that I saw on, on a blog somewhere. Of course, back in 2001, a little different than now. It wasn't Instagram. Um, it, right. it was something they saw on a blog or something they saw in a, in a fashion magazine. Oh my word, that looks really cool. I like that. Um, so if you start putting that out there, we would go to bridal shows and I, we actually had, at one point, we had put together a, a um, display for a bridal show, which was, I think... I want to say like 75% maybe um, black and white imagery, which again was like a no-no in, the, in this local marketplace. Yeah. But it made us stand out. And, and so there's opportunity there. Again, as long as the market supports it for you to do something that's different and you just have to continue to gauge it. You may have to tweak and adjust, you know, the, whether it's the percentage of black and white that you're offering um, or how right. you're presenting the brand or what type of clients you're going after, what the messaging is. Um, whether or not you have to maybe reach out beyond Orlando in order to have enough clients to support this particular business model and brand message. You may have to spread it out to Florida, which now means that your marketing efforts are going to have to be not just simply saying Florida, but um, that you also call out some of the other bigger markets within Florida and you start running Facebook ads to those or you go to the bridal shows and in the individual markets. Um, because Florida, again, is big, a lot of big markets. Yeah. I'm sure there's opportunity to photograph you know, whatever you might want to photograph in a year, 20 weddings a year, let's say with that style. I, I, I don't know that that would be a whole lot of a challenge, um, but you've got to show the right. work first. That's where it starts. Thank you. I, I think, yeah, I've just gotten off track with that. Like again, trying to, to figure it all out. And, and so, uh, so thank you. I, you I'm excited to re- to redo before redoing my website was kind of like a chore. Um, <laughs> well, that was just more like the text and the wording, but, sure. um, but I, I can see your point. Like my, in looking at it now and taking that step back, like, yeah, my, the images I'm showing don't back up what I'm saying. That's the biggest thing, honestly. And, and forgive me yeah. for being so wordy earlier. I, I, I was genuinely okay. so excited about this conversation today because I saw the potential and the opportunity. And um, I, so I think part of it was just the excitement. When it comes to the text, you talk about text on the website, don't do what I just did and, and go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the less words, the better. And again, if yeah. you're going to do both senior and weddings for now, all, your position statement is Orlando's documentary photographer or Florida's documentary photographer. And then the subtext is Orlando and this market and that market. Call those out. Um, but, okay. but keep it super simple. In, right. in the about section, talk about your experience photographing these people and have a couple of the images to back it up cool story. And frankly, much more interesting than the, the boring ramblings of so many photographers who are just endlessly talking about their backstory as, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I got my, in fact, I don't even want to call out anybody, but it, it's so many, <laughs> photogra- so many photographers. My, my point was very simply was that, that photographers get a little obsessed about talking about themselves and spend paragraphs doing so when most potential clients aren't going to be that interested. 
you don't have to do paragraphs. You can say, I photographed for such and such. I, I was a photojournalist for uh, 20 years and had the opportunity to photograph the people that you just listed on the website. And here are you know three or four pictures. You just share three or four pictures that represent that, and that's it. That, that grabbed my attention. I'm immediately interested, right? Um, yeah. and, and again, it didn't require you going on and on and on about it. Nobody has time for that. So keep it simple. Keep the words simple. Focus on the documentary aspect of it and just show. Let the pictures do the talking. And, and I think you'll be golden. Thank you. Absolutely. That's so helpful. I hope so. And keep me posted. And of course, you can always um, send me a DM on, on Messenger or Instagram. Otherwise, if you've got any further questions for anybody listening in or watching. Uh, and by the way, Andres uh, commented earlier from we're, we're streaming to YouTube and Facebook. And Andres said, really eye opening. I realized I have placed photojournalist photos on my website. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like when you start to, to, to kind of take a step back and look at this, I think it's first important to, you know, personally and professionally look at the big picture. What is it we're trying to accomplish individually and as business people? And then that should trickle down to the business model that we create. And then ultimately that business model will determine how we are marketing, ultimately the market that we're reaching out to, and then how we're marketing to that market, uh, speaking to that market, and how we're spending our time in order to do that. And so that's kind of the trickle down. But when we take a step back, some, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in, in the rat race of running a business and not realize what, what it is that we're doing. So taking a step back and running it through those filters, super important. And in this case, it looks like you've got not only the talent set, but the experience to really offer Orlando something interesting or Florida for that matter, something super interesting. And I would just go, I would go all out. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting opportunity to do that. And I don't think that you have to be so exclusive about it or so extreme about it that it's going to turn off so many people. The reality is they search wedding photographer and they see this stunning photography that isn't a hundred percent black and white. They know they're still going to get a little bit of color, but it's this truly documentary work that looks different than all this other stuff that, that most photographers are shooting. You're in a really great position. Um, back that up with, with a great experience, interactive experience. I know you're naturally a little bit more of a quiet personality, but bring really great energy to those interactions, whether it's with the wedding right. couples or the seniors, and uh, and deliver on that. And it's uh, you're going to be in a really great spot. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's I I think any anyone um, you know can benefit from from all your wisdom. So. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. I hope, I hope it's helpful. Breaking it down into, sure. like, I took a lot of notes. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, and I hope those of you listening in or watching did as well. Um, I'm going to pop Nadine's website up here on the screen again, Nadine Nasby, N-A-D-I-N-E-N-A-S-B-Y.com. And then Instagram, I'm putting it up here on the screen as well, Nadine underscore Nasby underscore photography. We'll link to these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Um, but make sure that you give Nadine a shout out, follow her, give her some encouragement. And Nadine, I'm, I'm looking forward ultimately to kind of coming back around, seeing how this all plays out. Keep me posted, please. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And for everybody listening in, um, make sure that if you're not following us on Instagram at Boca Podcast, do that. You can keep up to date with the next live stream that we're going to do for the podcast. Come join us, hang out with us, ask questions, make comments. Shout out to Andres, who, who is con- very consistent, actually, and, and engaging. And I love that, Andres. Thank you for that. But more and more, I would love to have uh, a community kind of gather around the guests that we have on and ask questions. Um, I think that would be really great for the overall experience. 
Make sure to follow us on Boca Podcast. Check us out at bocapodcast.com. And also, of course, Photographer's Edit, who is the uh, the producer and sponsor, if you will, of the show, photographersedit.com for custom image editing. Everybody have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks, Nadine. Thank you.